Hello everybody and welcome to part 2 of Red Dead Redemption 2, Arthur's Revenge, and this time we're talking story. Dutch. And with me is Mr. Craig Crackshot. Pew! And Luke the Greenhorn. Yeehaw. You got it wrong both times, man. I was really hoping for howdy. Howdy, pod. <laughs> Thank you. That's a little <laughs> better. All right. So if you haven't listened to part one, then you're really missing a whole part of this because this is part two where we're going to discuss... <laughs> The story, and that includes every kind of spoiler. Dumbledore dies, Spike dies, it's all been a dream, Robin Williams is dead. Any kind of spoilers, this will be in this one episode. So if you haven't played the story, uh, don't listen, I guess. Make sure you rewind to the end so we still get the credit when you, uh, for the you know metadata. That really helps us oh, totally. grow bigger egos. Exactly, the Amazon sponsorship will be through the roof. Oh, you know, you know, I, I was afraid of sponsorship, and then I tried Blue Apron. <laughs> and while I'm sitting on my Casper mattress eating a Blue Apron, I think to myself, what a podcaster's life. Is that with your beard bar? That is with, well, I get up off my Casper mattress to use my beard butter to shave, and then I put on him undies because, well, my balls don't feel... Right, unless they're in some him undies or me undies or whatever that thing is called that I've heard four million times. You know what else also bugs me, guys? Postage stamps. Just stamps. I wish there was a site I could go to just get stamps. Maybe what? a postal scale. It's 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 an ad that was all over podcasts for US stamps. Oh right, okay, sorry. So you don't we have to go, go to the, the post shop office. And we're like, all right, mate, can I get some second class stuff? <laughs> like, Same hey, here. Literally, it is the easiest thing in the world to buy. Yeah. <laughs> what I'm hearing right now all the time is Amazon, um, Kindle, Audible? Uh, what's the reading? Audible, that's the one. Oh, yeah. Audible. Go here for your one month free Audible. Books. Yeah, yeah. Yes. I've held up at four billion Which, times. I mean, I'm subscribed to Audible. I love Audible. Yeah, um, Hang on, hang on. We're giving them an oh, advert for free right now by doing We this. are! Guys, we're three minutes in. Let's talk about the fucking game. I know, <laughs> We're I know. getting warmed up! Okay, right. right. Well, we do a, a broader, a, a more detailed story overview. Or All right, just jump so into it. when we left off in the first episode, we kind of only touched on what happens in the epilogue. No, wait. The prologue, not the epilogue. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a good twist. So uh, we've covered the prologue, and that's where you know you just you're introduced to Dutch Vanderlyn, the rest of the gang, half of which don't make it out alive, but the ones that do, you're kind of saddled with for the rest of the game. But uh, I want to talk about some overviews first before we move beyond that point. Did you guys at all click with any members of this besides John? Yes. Uh, CD. Sadie was. You liked Sadie? Really? You liked Sadie? Sadie Adler. This is Adler. Um, I liked Sadie. I liked Sadie. So Sadie um, turns into be an absolute beast of a woman. 
or a bloke. No, she turns out to be a madman. She turns out to be a madman. She does. Absolutely uh, psychotic. I quite, I quite liked that. That was a twist that I didn't see coming. I, I don't know, man. I, I mean, my Arthur, uh, I really wish he didn't go on some of them missions because <laughs> she is crazy. She's great. Mm-hmm. I liked her. I also really liked oh, Charles. Oh, you guys are nuts. Charles Smith was a better Connor from Assassin's Creed 3. Within five minutes, they made that <laughs> a much better character. Uh, yeah, I thought that too. I'm glad he kind of gets a happy ending too. Yeah, uh, that was uh-huh. kind of nice. I really. Liked I also him. like the alcoholic priest. <laughs> yeah, he was cool. He goes in a bend oh. and then turns up naked. In fact, I like all the gang. Who didn't you like? Now, see, I didn't like the cook. The cook no, was the, just don't waste piercing. my time i didn't um, like him until the end of the scene though where you saw the photograph and you're like oh my god he, he loves us uh no um <laughs> <laughs> uh, the i forget the name the woman that's in charge of all the ladies oh forget her name uh hang on i've got a list here gut shot girl all right i don't like gut shot girl mm-hmm. is it bassy Maybe it may. I, I can't remember her name, to be honest with you. She made that much of an impact. I liked Abigail for the first half of the game. That's John's wife. And then right? the second half. Yeah, yeah. She turned on that second half. Mm-hmm. Like, once you get to, like, the epilogue. I think, all in all, most of them were okay. Like, they, they played their parts. Yeah. None of them got on my nerves. It was more like, oh, if this was real, I wouldn't talk to you anyway. So, <laughs> you kind of thing, you know? I think a special shout out has to go to Uncle <laughs> yeah. for playing that part because oh my god that guy <laughs> terminal just... lumbago man terminal yeah. lumbago <laughs> uh, and to be honest it didn't click until like halfway through the game of, oh yeah that's the guy from the first one yeah yeah mm-hmm. it didn't click for the longest time and yeah I, I he did a very good job Hosea he was great he was like the granda of the the gang. Um, oh yeah, you know what? He he was he was a good guy. Yeah, yeah. He, it, hearing back some of his stories of how he raised John and Arthur were quite cool. Yeah, I I think I kind of clicked with the people who had their heads screwed on, kind of all right. Shot yeah. off, you mean? And then <laughs> yeah, who got it? Shot off. Uh, I don't care about Mick Irish uh, stereotype. Mm-hmm. I didn't care about him. Yeah, you know, I I felt for John quite a bit, but. It, that was marred by the fact that we had that theory that John was going to be the one to kill Arthur. Ah. Um, so we were thinking, sort of at the is. end, John, well, sort of, sort is, of is, but for a different reason. So I thought John would kill Arthur towards the end, and that would be the thing that was hanging over his head at this, you know, like he, he dobbed in the gang. So I was, I was suspicious about him for absolutely no reason at all because Arthur hmm. ends up really <laughs> trying to help him out and he well, turns out to be really nice. I didn't have that vibes at all. I thought what was going to happen was Arthur was going to turn on John and John, John was going to win just because they seem to have such a rivalry from the start, which you later find out is because that Arthur's got such high thoughts of the gang and that leaving the gang is like worse than death almost and john did that yeah okay all right so you guys stumbled upon two really loaded questions Ooh. all right uh okay so here's loaded question number one do you think this being a prequel 
marred any potential the story would have had. Yes. Like working within the confines. Yeah. Um. Well, they did a good thing quite early on by introducing John into the gang because he isn't there from the get-go, but you find him in the first couple chapters, in the first couple missions even. Um, yeah. Which removed a lot of the what is this going to happen or how is this going to play out. But it did kind of always... I don't know. I don't like knowing what's going to happen. You know, most of the gang's going to die from the get go, or. Well, okay. Correct me if I'm wrong, because my memory's really fuzzy. In the beginning of the first one, that mission where you went to the fort, weren't you killing the remainder of the hole in the wall gang, the Vanderlyn gang? No, you're after. Um, yeah, you you've been you've been traced to sh- get all the rest of the gang. But you start off with the is it Bill? Bill's the the guy in the in the fort, and then from there you then go after. Um, okay. Yeah, I thought that was the remainder. No, no. Um, I I think I think it just leads on a goose trail of where's Dutch essentially is what yeah. you're after, and you go through for Bill first. Okay. All right. I, yeah, I couldn't remember too much of the first one. Uh, all right. So uh, Craig, what about you? Did it bug you being a prequel? Apart from that one minor, I think I, I lost a lot of it because I was suspicious of John, but that was my own fault. I don't think it lost a lot to it, to be honest. Um, Again, as Luke said, you kind of have an inkling of where it's going, but it's it's not like knowing where it... You don't know how it's going to get there. That sounds very kind of... Ponzi. I don't mean it in a kind of like it's not about the destination, it's about the journey. But Man. that's kind of what I'm getting at. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was disappointed at first to play as Arthur because I wanted more John. Like, like Marsden is way up there in terms of some of my favorite game characters. He's getting close to Geralt, mm-hmm. you know, level, which is very high. But after you spend some time with Arthur, I didn't mind it too much. But every time there was a John-related mission, it was definitely a high point for me. I'm going to say I prefer Arthur to John. I think he's he's got a lot more to him, in a sense. And I don't know if we should discuss this now. <laughs> I think I know the big old elephant you were talking about. Um. Uh, well, let Go me let me your point. let me drop it that I think my Arthur is a more in depth car- character than John Marston is, but Rockstar didn't always allow me to play my Arthur. Okay, uh, really quick, have either of you guys read Animal Farm? No, no. What do you people read over there? It's a classic. Okay, <laughs> for people that do know Animal Farm, Arthur is pretty much boxer. He's a guy that's always towing the party line. Keep your head down. Don't ask questions. Do what you're told and everything will work out. That's pretty much Arthur in a nutshell, at least for what would you say? Three fourths of the game. Right up until the end. Even, even at the end, he's still, he's still got that trait of he's going to follow blindly. At the end, I think that it plays of more of a tragedy of that is a guy who honestly believed with what he was saying. Yeah, yeah. And it honestly came as a heartbreak to find out that everything he was told is absolutely wrong. I like the way that played. Mm -hmm. But for a lot of the game, 
Arthur, I feel, is very bland. And Luke, you have a very good point of there are times where you can play the Arthur that you want, and there are times where you can't, and they buck up against each other really hard. I really just want to go into the whole um, the whole fate of Arthur thing now because it, it backs up that point, but I don't know if... How do we want to structure this? Oh, just... Why don't, why don't just shoot a shotgun at it and see what scattery yeah. conversation comes out? Take the Operation out. Sequel approach. Okay, okay. Yeah. So... so Throughout, I think it starts in chapter two, maybe chapter three, you are sent on debt collect missions. And one of those debt collect missions is to collect money from someone who's borrowed from you. You're basically a loan shark um, from someone who is very, very sick. And there's a complete change in character from Arthur, who out and about can be quite... Well, it can be however you want it to be. You can you can be honourable, you can be dishonourable. But in this mission, you are going in there and you're getting that money back from the sick from the sick family and um, a family who are watching their their husband and father die. And that never settled with me. Now that what ends up happening is the character that Arthur gets the money from has tuberculosis, and Arthur ends up catching tuberculosis from that man. Um, now I felt that it was quite hand and fist, and it didn't quite fit with the rest of the game. I don't know about you guys. Yeah, you brought up a couple whoppers right there. Yeah, sorry, yeah. <laughs> chucking a grenade. Oh. Talk about it. <laughs> My problem with that mission stemmed from the fact that I had enough money to pay his debt, and that's all I wanted to do. Yeah, okay. Was walk out of that place and pay his de- and just not go back. All right, all right, all right. Yeah, let's let's break this up little by little here. As as to the previous point, I kind of agree with you because in the first game, Marston was a set character. Yeah, like you couldn't make him cheat on your on his wife if you tried. He just wouldn't do it. Mm -hmm. There were certain things John wouldn't do no matter what. Here, they kind of want to have their cake and eat it too. In cutscenes, Arthur is a very specific way. Mm-hmm. Outside of cutscenes, he's whatever you want him to be. Yeah. Uh, I didn't feel so much sympathy for the family. I felt more sympathy for that poor Dutch guy that couldn't even speak English, but you're still beating him around the house <laughs> trying to get your money. It's like, oh man, just, just, it's like five bucks. I've got eight hundred. Just, just mm-hmm. it's fine. And yeah, okay, yeah. Let's. I guess what, you want to talk tuberculosis. Yeah. Um. I guess. Well. This is maybe why I like this game so much. Um, and this character, Arthur, didn't... It's ne- It never was quite as cool as John until near the end of the game where he starts to question his own morality. Uh, sorry, mort- mortality. And um, there is one scene in particular where he, he suddenly just start, falls over coughing spewing blood everywhere and he's taken to a doctor and the doctor's like look mate you haven't got long to live you've got tuberculosis like this isn't good and i didn't see this coming um i don't know about you guys but this kind of plays quite i had a very similar situation when i was 27 where i was diagnosed with quite a horrible condition went into a hospital appointment thinking oh it's just gonna be some general thing and came out thinking fuck i'm going to die and 
I think that's why I've got such a strong connection to the character. Now, Rockstar completely fucked that up, and we'll go into that later, but that moment where he walks out and he's just completely shell-shocked, there's just this yellow glow over him, everything around him seems completely, like, in a different world that he's zoned out of. I I had to get up, put my controller down, and turn the, turn the PlayStation off for the night. It just, like, completely fucked me up. I was like, holy fuck, I'd never want to re revisit that feelings again but I'm kind of grateful I did in a way it like put some perspective on it so yeah maybe that's a hard one to follow <laughs> no it's not it's not hard to follow I I didn't get that feeling but I haven't had the same life experience as you I thought it was um, of all of the bits of the story a heap of tolly because <laughs> what a, uh, a pile of shite, Dave. Um, Why can't you say a pile of shite? Because it's not... I didn't want to be that strong. Oh, because you're in the Scottish club? I didn't want to be that strong. I just wanted to say it was... I, I felt that, yeah, it was coughing and it starts... I, I found it interesting in how he was questioning not his own mortality, but his own morality. And he was starting to question his way of life. And that's when he started helping John. So it felt like the TB thing was a kick up the arse for him to think about it even more. But overall, that scene, and then about two minutes later, being able to run, punch someone on the face and steal their horse and ride off, it just felt too much for what it was for me. Uh, yeah, I agree. It, it's kind of that rock star thing of you introduce something, but you never follow up. Why couldn't he just bowl over coughing during a gunfight when the player would actually feel that his character is getting sick instead mm. it's just in cutscenes yeah. yeah and Mika always cut hey black lung and I'm like yeah but you know I can still shoot me it's not affecting me right so it maybe didn't affect the gameplay in a way but if you actually looked at like if you if you smoked for example well, he looked like shit yeah he looked like shit his face was continuously becoming more drawn in if you looked at his weight, he was losing weight. It didn't matter how much you ate. If you did something that would like affect his breathing, like swimming or, or smoking, he would start coughing more. So they did a little bit to it. I think they chickened out a bit. They should have went full pelt with it, I think, and made him like a weaker person. And um, that would have added more to it. But from that point onward, I just completely fell for Arthur and the, the plight that he was having of should I should I continue with following Dutch blindly and you, you break up into options where you can almost pick, I guess, or should I should I realize that there is no golden egg at the end of this trail and the only thing important to me is the people around me? I would agree with you, apart from on one job where you're riding with Dutch and he's like, come on, Arthur, are you going to chicken out and ride away? Or are you going to come rob this train with us? And I turned around and started running away <laughs> thinking, fuck you, Dutch. And the mission failed. <laughs> like, All right, well, I suppose I don't have an option then. But he did that because Mike had been playing him, you know, that. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, Dave. I, um... Okay. <laughs> we were making a Number longer string to unpool. <laughs> I know you are. You really are. I'm trying to unravel stuff, and you're just weaving away. Yeah. With your okay. So number one, Luke, 
uh, the tuberculosis scene was a bit of a whoa, but in the end, it didn't really affect me too much. I've never had that kind of thing in my life. I had the, we think you have a brain tumor come in for a bunch of tests and then finding out I don't. So I have the exact opposite, (laughs) (laughs) but the way that they introduced his mortality, I think is a really cheap shot. All right. Because having to inflict the character with a slow lingering death to make him question his mortality is not near as satisfying as if he finally would have came around and went, wait, no, something's wrong with Dutch and what we're doing. You know what I mean? It it, it shows the character would have had the impetus for self-change without I'm going to die. Hopefully I can, you know, lessen some of the terrible things I've done here without having that. Nope. Sorry. This is the only way we can get you to think about these kind of things. Yeah. Because around the the time he gets tuberculosis is when Dutch really starts to become unhinged. So, and having him notice Dutch, Oh, sorry, go ahead. Well, I mean, I totally agree. And had it not been so personal to me, I probably would feel exactly the same, but it does feel personal to me. And I, I kind of, they had to kill Arthur off. They had to do it. And they'd already given John the heroic send off in Red Dead Redemption 1. So I'm kind of glad they picked a different way of doing it. Maybe this wasn't the best way. I totally disagree with the the way they made you do the mission to collect money to get the disease in the first place when they then made them completely optional after that point. Um but part of me thinks it's an interesting it's an interesting story to tell and I can't think of many other games that have told it of like a, a declining person of because of oh, health. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, I I can absolutely I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying you know it, it seems like a cheap thing to do. I mean they they completely trivialized it as well when the guy is like you know I'm going to need my money mate like the doctor says that to to Arthur after he's just been told he's going to die. sounding quite so Scottish. (laughs) 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 Okay. All right. So let's, since we're on, we're riding Arthur here. Mm -hmm. Let's, let's ride him to the absolute end. I don't like how, how you play Arthur boils down to a simple four, conversation tree deviation yeah if you played him honorable you get this but if you played him bad you get it's very simple and the weird thing is is i watched all four of them on youtube and there's like barely a difference yeah i so i don't know how you guys played i played honorably um my ending saw me run away with john and then my horse died and i was given the option of do I protect John or do I go back for the gold? Now, I think that's a completely stupid decision because what's he going to achieve with the gold? He's he's going to die soon. Yeah, yeah, same thing. Yeah. So I followed John, I protected him, and I got up to a peak. Um, I let John run off and I had a firefight with the Pinkertons. Now, at this point, this is where I felt Arthur should have died. I, f- I felt like he was in the right place. That was enough. But then they dragged it out with this really weird scene where you had to fight Micah. 
and then Dutch came up as well and Dutch either Dutch walked away and let didn't kill Arthur uh, and you know that that was the end of it I completely didn't see the purpose of that being added on it could have just settled with Arthur killing the Pinkertons and dying on the, the hill or the Pinkertons killing Arthur and you see John running into the into the woods getting away now see I I like the ending with Micah and Dutch because it's one last knife twist in his gut kind of the you know he's finally getting the reap what he sowed without it he would have died basically um, forgiven for everything he did wrong because he went out in a noble fashion this going out dirty fucking beat the shit it really I, I guess I, it's, it's what you pay for living that kind of life and I like that they left that in there because Arthur really believed in Dutch for the longest time and this was his final no you were right to help John get away because Dutch just walked away but it feels like that was thrown in for the sense of the story rather than the character like that this could have been explained oh that it was more for the player than it was for the characters yeah yeah like yeah okay yeah i can understand that yeah throughout the game throughout the sorry after the point where jo- arthur's told he's dying there's this symbolism of a deer um that he'll see occasionally just around him which i think i think symbolizes his his like spiritual guide to heaven or whatever he believes in an afterlife and to me it looks like his afterlife is like the american um wildlife that sort of scene now i they didn't really touch on that on his death i mean to me it would have been he sits he sees his deer and that's it he he dies the whole bit with micah and uh dutch just completely completely doesn't make sense they've ran off they're getting chased by Pinkertons. There's hundreds of Pinkertons. The chances of them finding Arthur and then having this huge like discussion and fight without any other Pinkertons coming across it, it just completely broke it for me. Like I just didn't see the point in I it. I believe we call that contrived. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, as for the stag, I'm pretty sure they just watched Harry Potter and were really big fans of it. Because that's... I don't know what what that would. We're not talking about somebody who deserves any kind of um, peace. When he's Arthur is a terrible, terrible person, yes. and I don't, I don't like that. They're like, oh no, but wait, he made one good decision. Let's look on him with sympathy. Not to say I don't like the character of Arthur. I do, but he's a bad man. Yeah, yeah, totally. But each person is that. That's a total inner spiritual thing of whatever your afterlife belief is so i mean true i don't see how you got that from the deer but again, i thought it was a loading screen interpretation <laughs> <laughs> i just thought it was a loading you know like oh look at the nice wildlife in this game type thing blooming heck uh, i really didn't think about yeah, it that the, deeply i Sorry. didn't put any significance on it but again that's this personal yeah, interpretation yeah, that's perfectly definitely. fine I, I quite liked that ending. I got the same ending. I helped John. I didn't go back for the gold. I died on the cliff edge after a fist fight um, and all whatever other gubbins went on. But I kind of liked the contrivedness of it because if you forget what was trying to be realistic in the RPG side of things and you played just the core story, it 
goes along in leaps and bounds and the pace keeps up and it's it just fit if there was that imaginary situation where there's two teams and one are doing, making a linear game it fit it. it it fit it for like a linear cowboy game type thing just really story driven set piece so I, I think it worked really well and it does Dave's right it gives it gives Arthur the death he deserved rather than he didn't he didn't deserve to lean up against the rock and give a last cough and go oh, I've saved John and I'm good now type thing it does he didn't deserve that he didn't deserve to be shot by a pinkerton it was the thing that needed to happen to him although you know now that I think about it and and you made me think about it a little bit <laughs> so good job um I wonder if Arthur should have died without knowing about Dutch for sure yeah I, I think I would have preferred that you think you would have? Yeah, I don't know. I'm. I'm I mean, no, I'm. I don't. I don't see how he wouldn't have seen it on there. You know, what? What is it? A year? I think it takes place over. Yeah. The year leading up to it that this man might be a little unhinged. What are you Probably talking not about? Everything Dave? is the truth. It was eight days it took. No way. Yeah. This is eight days. Oh, no. It felt like months. Yeah, it was. It was months and years. I was talking about how long it took to play tube features. Oh, oh, jeez! <laughs> You're a regular carrot top, ain't you, buddy? I know, I know. <laughs> I I disagree with whoever said that John shouldn't have. I think John need John bloody hell Arthur needed to have that final kick in the nuts of oh fuck Dutch was a dick and then die. I think he I'm already wrong. had it though. He he'd already seen that Dutch was willing to kill his companions, and he he was willing to let his spiritual sons, in the sense of John and Arthur, go for the sake of some. Yeah, but he didn't act on it. Well, that that's another thing that bugged me is that you'd have bits of dialogue or missions that would where Arthur would say, you know, Dutch is becoming unhinged. Why are we still following him? And then the next minute, he would follow Dutch without any sort of mm-hmm. comeback. Yeah, like that whole thing that happens with Micah. Yeah. That is the most big old blaring neon sign of like, hey, something's happening. And in some dialogues, like with John or Hosea before he dies, or a bunch of other characters, or uh, what is it? Abigail, or uh, even Mrs. Sadie Adler. Mm-hmm. Um He's still he's still towing that party line, and I don't get that. Like it makes him look dumb. Yeah, and that's not really something I you would think they would be shooting. Like I don't know is that what they were shooting for? Uh, I, they can kind of like it if if they're shooting for making him look dumb. They're shooting for making you feel dumb for playing a dumb guy and just it doesn't feel like it should be like that I think it should feel like you should be seeing Arthur grow without necessarily being dumb well yeah because like here's the thing it took us as players how long before we realized something's up with Dutch he's starting to slip or something absolute minutes and I don't get why all these people are still that unflappably loyal to him mm-hmm. after some of the things he did. It's weird. And I know you can have the cult of personality excuse 
but they've had years and years and years of following Dutch though like that's like years of him providing for them and getting the job done and coming through they've had years of it so I don't know it's not Stockholm Syndrome because that's when you I think I messaged you about this Craig that they all talk up Dutch like he's been this amazing leader Mm -hmm. and He's always looked out for the family and this and that, but they never show it. Not once in the entire game do they show Dutch as a good leader. No, we're already at the point where he's losing it. Well, that's what I'm saying. So, oh, oh sorry, you're right. Us, it was the, the, the whole theory the player, of the first couple of heists, heists, the first couple of robberies should have went well. Something should have went well that Dutch planned and executed and showed that he was a good leader before they started him on a decline. Yeah, because otherwise he just looks like a madman to us as soon as we start the game. But from the get-go, Dutch is like, you're you're drawn into how charming he is and how he seems to be able to talk his way in and out of any situation. And But he doesn't. That's the thing. He kind of... He's he. I, I mean, I get it that he's supposed to be Charlie Manson. He's going, getting by on just this charm. Yeah. That he seems to have, but it never works. I think Ever. it does. Like when you end up being deputies, I thought that yeah. was brilliant. He charms his way through the sheriff. You end up being deputies and running bounties out the deputy office, and and then you end up was. killing them. Well, yeah, yeah, so it didn't work. <laughs> okay, in the or grand like scheme you... of things, but Dave, it's not about the destination; it's about the journey. Well, look at the way. Look at the way he manipulates the the Indians into, you know, thinking that, showing them that, that, like, he gives them a common purpose almost, like, he needs a distraction and he causes, like, a, a little bit of a war between the remaining Indian tribe in the area and the the U.S. Army. Um, and he, he achieves that when, when he needs to convince somebody to do things. People follow him and... Yeah, he's becoming unhinged to Arthur and John, but the rest of the world aren't seeing that. Yeah, you're right. That whole bit that I just met, I you've only just solidified that. He does a really good job of cocking up the Indians' fate and getting them to war with the army just as a distraction. Yeah, it, so he does actually succeed in his goal. It just so happens that it's kind of not a good well it seemed well like like i get the bank right when you go to rob the bank i get that they were tipped off by micah because he wanted to try to get rid of arthur and john get that Mm -hmm. why you would follow him afterwards i don't know um but okay or like when he leaves people to get hanged or he leaves them dying why would the whole other family for lack of a better term follow him yeah I think it shows that John and Arthur, the ones that have been raised by Dutch, are the, really the only people that consider this a family and the rest are just kind of Klingons or... <laughs> you know, they're, they're, they're not as attached to this family thing that Hosea well, I, I has think implanted. Like Pearson is, or... I think it's only really Micah and... What's the other one? Bill? Yeah. Not Bill. Is it Bill? Uh, yeah, Bill's the other the other one that comes on a lot of the missions. Yeah, the guy with the beard. I think they're the, yeah, yeah, they're the only two that don't treat everything like a family. Everybody else, like the cook yeah. or the madam or everybody else, they they kind of 
cling together, like Klingons. <laughs> okay, so Craig had to go take a uh, what does he call it? Comfort break. A dump. So me and Luke, yeah, I had to take a dump. So me and Luke here are going to vamp for you. So for we're we're saying that minutes. Dutch is coming unhinged, but maybe what was actually the problem is Hosea is giving up. He knows his time is limited. He feels too old to be in the gang. And he feels like he was, or I felt like he was the thing keeping Dutch sane. He was the advisor on the, on, in the ear to keep Dutch in the right direction. And I think that becomes more evident when Hosea dies and Dutch just completely goes off the rails. Oh, yeah, yeah. You see him, that, that descent goes <laughs> at a sharper angle yeah. really quick. Uh, I have to say, I really like Dutch. I, I like his character. He's he's totally batshit. Oh, I love the character. Yeah. He is a great character and played to absolute perfection. He is yeah. very well done. Yeah, really good. But I, I guess I find it a little less believable would be my thing, which, I mean, it's a video game story, whatevs. I mean, like, one thing I was, I was going to with this is that we... You know, Dutch and Hosea have their little weird fight in front of Arthur, and then they all disappear. And then John and Sadie and um, Charles find where Micah's been hiding, and they go up there and they have this weird firefight with Micah. And then all of a sudden, Dutch comes out, and this time he decides to kill Micah instead of he didn't do it the previous time in front of Arthur and just walked off. And it totally didn't make sense. I don't, I don't understand what that was about. It did you? I, I just felt completely flabbergasted. That, okay, so that scene there, uh, which I, I uh, let's see if we can stretch this out so Craig gets back. That scene there, I believe it was Dutch's way of saying I was wrong. Like, that's the only reason I can put to his actions there. I just pulled my earpiece out and didn't hear anything you said. I'm really sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, man. Okay, so uh, for those of us that are hearing impaired. <laughs> I believe that that scene was Dutch's way of saying I was wrong. Okay. Because without Micah, I don't know if necessarily things would have went the way they did. It looks like they might have gone that way, just taken longer to do so. Yeah. Because, I mean, he's he's the one that shot Lady in the gut. Uh, he's the one that's always talking about, I got this great lead. Yeah. So part of me thought this was trying to... It reminded me of Empire Strikes Back a little bit, where you know, John's, John's looking away, where he's 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 getting beat almost by Micah, and then Darth Vader can come in and save the day, the dad, you know, and I I don't know, it just seemed a bit odd. There was no John considers Dutch to be his dad almost, and there was no recognition of that. I was expecting. Dutch to go right you know what screw it Micah I actually prefer John even though we don't got on anymore and it was like out of fatherly love for this to happen but they never hit on any of that which I thought was a misbeat oh no now see I see I think uh well first of all just because there's snow <laughs> doesn't mean it's Empire Strikes Back all right <laughs> second of all at that point it's kind of where it clicked about Dutch. Dutch is a like grade A sociopath. He genuinely has no feelings for anybody in that game. Yeah. But he recognizes that he can use them to his ends. Yeah, that's a good way of summing and him up. That 
that took a long time to play out. But I think that's more rewarding than you used. You, you were my brother, Anakin. Uh, <laughs> let me chop your legs off and leave you in lava. Yeah, which would have been very hard to do on the top of a mountain with the high. Uh, Craig. Yes. So we discussed the end scene with Sadie, John, Micah, and Dutch. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Do you have any thoughts on that? Uh, again, it 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 falls into that. Ca- kind of like cliched cinematic type thing I think I, I didn't enjoy it as much as kind of like the mountaintop scene to be honest I didn't like I didn't like the outcome of that I didn't like the way it played out I suppose I, I'm not too sure I felt like I felt like Dutch was going to shoot Micah of course he was going to shoot Micah I, I thought him walking off silently was just gash, and I just I just didn't like the feel of it at all. It felt far 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 too contrived. It was it was on the opposite side of anything else. It was too contrived and a bit cliched. I think the only reason why Dutch, because as much as John, as much hatred as John was harboring for Dutch that entire epilogue, right? The only reason why Dutch got to walk away was because he was in Red Dead One. Yeah. yeah. I think that was it. Which, <clears throat> guys, can we talk about the epilogue mm-hmm. for a bit? Do you think it was better than the main game? Yeah, I, I much. See, the pace of it, it, you're building a house, you're doing things slowly. It was the right kind of... By the of way, s- when he built that barn, you're like, oh, man, uh-huh. I know what's going to happen in there. Know, you the shouldn't barn, have built it. The barn is hella <laughs> something. You, you, the it, music. It really is something to build. I really liked the music when he built the house, though. That was amazing. Oh, that was good. Very good. Yeah. Well, let me have a rule and a saw and a board and I'll cut it. I'll climb up a ladder with a hammer and a nail and I'll nail it. Well, we worked so hard to build a little house together. In the snow or the rain or the ice cold wind whenever. No matter what the weather, we're together. Um, I thought the whole thing was great. Did uh, Sadie randomly turning up and going on a couple of her missions, going into town? Oh, no! The bit going to the cinema and going and get your portrait oh, done. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was that's great. great. Yeah, yeah that, that's good. You know, like date night and stuff. I just thought, man. I disagree with you on Sadie, right? Because. Okay, so, so here's the thing. Between John and Abigail, Abigail is being ridiculous about what she expects from her mm-hmm. husband. Right? John is genuinely trying to change, but the world just keeps, you know, throwing stuff at him where he can't. Mm-hmm. Sadie should have been the one time that you have a choice of whether or not to do that mission or not. Yeah. As in John honestly making a choice of do I want to go back to this old life or do I need to try to make this stick? I think it was a mistake making her mission uh, mandatory. I viewed it more like it, it, ge- it generated conflict between him and Abigail because he's basically saying I can only, you know, this is what I can do so I may as well do it legally. Yeah. I I don't know if Abigail was being unrealistic. I think she was maybe more concerned that 
everyone else around them had died by following the same path and he really needed to change. Well, John was was honestly trying to change. But, but he was it, awful, she, also very quickly to go cliche. get his guns and shoot the shit out of anybody who messed well, with Well, to be fair, to be fair, when there are a bunch of people on your ranch shooting the people you work for, yeah. you should probably go get your gun. I mean, he couldn't have made the choice to stay in the house. Honestly, no, he just no, couldn't have. No. And to hold something, she kind of, just, the writing seemed to fall apart there where she just turned into the stereotypical harpy wife. You know, kind of like yeah. we had the I had the problem with Mary Jane in in Spider Man. It's like, look, the man is Spider Man. He's gonna be gone sometimes. Yeah. And same here. I mean, in the old West, if you didn't know how to shoot, your chances of survivability probably went down a few notches. <laughs> and so, you know, I guess using what skills he had to try to make a life, mm-hmm. I I guess I would be more lenient than she was. Yeah. Although all in all, I do like her character. Her character is mm. very good. It is. I you've actually hit upon a point um, that annoyed me was the fence building. Like just that having to manually build the fence. Cause <laughs> Try doing it for real, man. It really sucks. The whole game. There, there's very few times where you have to do one of those manual. Sit, you know, like you have to wash yourself in the bath or something. There's very few times I said it felt out of place. That's just a random aside. But I loved that whole thing. I loved going off and trying to be a farmhand and eventually it naturally coming to the fact where, the, you know, you can't only shoot people. I just thought it was it was brilliant. Compared to the main game, the epilogue is just, like, delicious. I'm, and the main game's good. I, I, I don't agree. Like, yeah, if it was a pace change, I guess, which was maybe needed. They, they do the same in Red Dead 1, though, at the end of the... End of the story, there is a, a long lull. No, Red Dead 1 didn't have an epilogue. But the last chapter is very slow. You play Jack? No, 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 no. Oh, no, no hang I, on. No, you, no, you've you never played as Jack in Jeez. the Red Dead. Sorry, <laughs> I, I, I just kind of blipped Jeez. from an alternate reality there. No, it didn't happen. I think you read some fan fiction, Craig, because yeah. it never has happened. I think we should maybe touch on some of the positives of the story because we've talked a lot of the negatives, just probably mm-hmm. because we wanted to see how we felt about the ending. Um, one of my favourite missions was the one where you go out drinking with um, Lenny. <laughs> that is one <laughs> of the funniest yeah, that was, missions. That was I've, a good one. Yeah, um, yeah just the bit where, where you've got to go find Lenny and then every person's Lenny in a different costume. You're like, Lenny! Lenny! <laughs> yeah that, that was a real um oh oh uh, another character i really liked is i forget the guy's name uh schrader schroeder mr german man um, yeah they what was his oh, name um yeah hang on a second strauss strauss strauss, strauss. uh i really liked his character um mm-hmm. he's just completely anathema to everybody else in that entire group <laughs> Yeah. And the mission you did with him uh, on the riverboat where he's oh. tipping you off. Really enjoyed that one. Mm-hmm. Reminded me a lot of Mafia 3, though. Uh. Yeah. Oh, very much. Like, riverboat. Hang on. I know how this is going down. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, this isn't going to end well. Didn't end for Lincoln. Didn't end for you, Arthur. Yep. Did you guys... Sorry. Did you guys notice when um, you take Jack fishing, you meet up with the, the Pinkerton Chiefs? And one of them 
says something funny to Jack about, I hope you enjoy your fishing while you can. That's the same guy that kills John later on, and then Jack has the option to kill at the end of the first game. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. And oh, uh, yeah. See, I couldn't remember which one lived and which one died. <laughs> and so it, that mission with Archer, I'm like, oh, great. So that's the one that uh, died. Okay. But yeah, I like how they were still a force in this game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The mission, the mission where you um in the, what is it, Valentine? Is it Valentine or Valentin? One was oh. a Bond guy. One was the town. I thought it was Valentine. Valentine. <laughs> Valentine okay. Valentin was in Goldeneye. He was uh, the guy who plays Hagrid. Oh, yeah. Wow. You're a wizard, Harry. Potter today. And you're a wizard, Harry. <laughs> the mission where you finally, where Dutch uh, I, I finally snaps and just shoots that guy. I liked that cutscene a lot. And just that, that's uh, where he's on the boat. And he's like, all right, I'll give you a choice. We'll stop harassing you. I'll, the guy you've been Cornwall. robbing from. Yeah, Cornwall. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that that was a major highlight for me because it was like okay, all right, there's really nowhere left for the story to go but here, mm-hmm. and I think they did a really good job of building up to that point. They did a good job of building up to that point, but it fell back on you couldn't just escape; you had to follow the route, yeah. the very contrived route through the wheat thresholds and stuff like that to get out, which is about. Well, they modeled all that stuff, Craig. Well, I want you to see it. Fair enough. I um, I'm going to say no. Something. Not fair enough. That's bad. I know it's bad. Um, after the bank job, this is where I thought the game hit a high end low point when you get swept away to Guarma, the Isle of Guarma, <laughs> from <laughs> Treasure Island. This this whole six hours of the game could not have existed, and I don't think it would have made any difference yeah, at all. They totally could have just had the guys hiding out. Um. But it actually felt better to play through because there was no... It wasn't huge. There was just a few story markers. Did And it just felt like I wish the rest of the game had been like that. I wish there was very little else crap to do apart from go and do story missions. It was the most Uncharted of all of the game. I was going to say, you were bringing up Uncharted earlier. This mm-hmm. is quite Uncharted. I mean, it's Uncharted in location as well as the feel of it. It just... It, to me, it felt like, oh, I wish the rest of the game had been... Because it was story mission, story mission, story mission, story mission, story mission, done. Loved that, the pace of oh, it. See, I hated it. I That whole section, gameplay and story, it was like, what is the point of this? Yeah. Oh, like, the actual... Like, blowing up the barn and saving the... The actual, what you were doing, was poor. Uh, sorry, don't get me wrong. It was the, the actual flow of it and the feel of it that I liked. Oh, okay. But I would. Uh, yeah, pref- yeah, I can completely understand that. Yeah. I would have preferred if that whole bit was cut out. I just didn't see the point of it. I would have rather it was a cut scene and the guys just showed up all like shipwrecked six months later after they'd got off the island, and they're like, "Ah, yeah, that's a story we don't really want to tell." Plus, Arthur caught tuberculosis over there. That might have been a better way to do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it nothing that happens there impacts the rest of the game at all. Yeah. Nah. Story-wise, I mean. But you do get to see yeah. Dutch going a wee bit more, like when he shoots the old lady and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. the old lady? Yeah. Yeah. He's... Well, see, see, right there, that that's another red warning flag. Mm-hmm. Somebody should probably stop this guy. He's just shot an old lady, and you're like, why'd you do that, Dutch? He, he would She would have ratted us out. I could see it in her eyes. And it's at that point you start thinking, he's gone full flipping nuts. 
Um, but then no, you no, he was Charlie Manson from like four hours well, in, yeah. man. At that same point, he's on about you know we have to do this to save um, Xavier, so it doesn't Javi. quite make sense. Because then he's willing to let John and like Hosea die, and you know, yeah. <laughs> no, no, he has no moral yeah. compass. We we talked about this while you were gone. He genuinely doesn't give a crap about anybody in the gang. Like, it's just means to an end. Which brings me to a question for both of you guys. So, this year, we've had two Charlie Manson-esque figures in video games. This one and Far Cry 5. Which do you think pulled it off better? (laughs) It's just weird that you have two characters that are pretty much towing from the same yeah. line. Far Cry 5 is a load of shit, by the way. I'm so, <laughs> sorry to say. <laughs> <laughs> uh, without having played it, I their past record will speak volumes, I would imagine. I like the Far Cry games, though. I like the Far Cry games. Yeah. Um, there was another character. Hang on to get my notes here. There's another character in the game that is very similar to Dutch, and that is Colonel Favors. Colonel Favors is the leader of the army who's went off the rails trying to wipe out the Indians and he's at the end of his time in the army he's, you know, like totally lost the plot and his men are starting to question him and think he's losing the plot to the point where one of them turns on him and he tries to arrange for him to get hung I I thought Colonel Favors very much mirrored Dutch in the way it was like the end of their generate, he just wanted to wipe out the Indians. That's all he knew because that's what he was doing in the army was trying to fuck over the Indians and get them away. And I kind of, it's weird, it's weird to see that because I didn't know that. Well, they, they, there's a lot of um, like a lot of the characters like Colonel Favors or who's the mob boss guy. I mean, I know he's not a mob boss, but he's a mob boss. That's uh, uh in the New Orleans town. I can Angelo Bronte. Oh, I'll tell you that in five seconds. Okay, Charlotte Bronte. <laughs> yep. So between her and Mr. Army Man, they really showed, I guess, the types of people Dutch was becoming. Mm-hmm. Which again, warning flags, people. Warning yeah. flags. Do you know that the whole Angelo Bronte thing, the going into his mansion and playing about a detective work and stuff? I really liked that whole segment. I didn't like the cemetery, grave robbing side of things, but I liked everything else. Oh, no, see, I liked the grave robbing. Uh, the other part has been done in every GTA, Mafia 3, Mafia 2, Mafia 1, ever. Like the, oh, sneak in at a party and find something. It's been done in, like, every open world game. It's still fun. It's definitely- That's fine. It's fine. I was just letting you know why I didn't like it. Yeah. Um, and it just it just runs back into that the set PC side of things. The eventual assault on his mansion when you rock up on the boat, that useless bit before it where you've got a giant crocodile, that was the one bit yeah, of the game where the I thought... Yeah, what the point was there? I really liked that bit. Giant... That was funny. <laughs> I mean, it was fun to play, but that came out of uh, nowhere. That, I love that quirky rock star-ness. 
Um, I will give. I think the highest point is the plantation assault. Oh god, yeah. That was amazing. I think a lot of what was leading up to it, like with you delivering love letters and such, was really boring. Mm-hmm. But it massively paid yeah. off. Like I love what happened in that. It, it really does. Which, if we were a better podcast, we would probably explain, but we're not, because we assume that you have played Straight the to the dessert. And we're... <laughs> Gavin! Has anyone seen my friend Gavin? <laughs> How... What, did anyone solve that side quest, by the way? No. Because I noticed in uh, Blackwater, it happened to John as well, and it's like three or four years later in the game. Gavin! <laughs> Poor, poor Kevin. Um, let's talk really quick about the incidentals. Was there ever an incidental that was worth a damn? I, I hate to admit this. I absolutely hate to admit this, but um, outside the town there was a broken down lorry, um, and the, a lorry, a broken down <laughs> cart of some description with four wheels, and the guy was like, "I need to go into town and get another cart and come and pick up my stuff. Can you protect it?" Like, yeah, sure, mate, I'll protect it. Was there a group of four very beautiful boys that drove up in a car asking if they needed help? No, I spent four days <laughs> camping there. Four fucking days I spent <laughs> at this car. No one came back. <laughs> it's like, is anything going to happen? It got to the point, I, it was actually maybe two and a quarter hours I'd spent at this cart just waiting, and I'd went and I'd made lunch, I had a shower. I did everything to stay by this car and nothing ever happened with it. I wonder if he ever got his stuff back. I mean, you probably killed him at some point. Yeah. Did any of you guys uncover the murder um, side quest, like the serial killer? Uh, it's ringing a bell, but no, I might not have finished I it. never completed it, but I found one of the body parts. Like it was a, like a body had been set up really weird and there was a, a note and it kicked off a trail, but I, I, I've never gone back. You know what it reminded me of? And this isn't to say it's good or bad. It's just, I remember in Batman Arkham Knight. Oh, yeah. Like that that whole, you're finding a piece and then you got to go there. It kind of reminded me yeah, of that. Yeah, yeah, totally. A couple of incidentals I'd like to talk about is, do you remember the, the guy who runs out yelling he's been bit by a snake? Yes. Yes. Pretty cool. Uh-huh. Yeah. Just a nice little thing that happens. Fourth time it happens, I ran him over with a horse. <laughs> but he buys you a weapon from the shop if you go to the shop. I, I don't care. <laughs> that is the fourth time you've been bit by a snake. <laughs> Darwin had a point, sir. The most annoying one is you've spent five minutes going towards your objective. There's a lady by the side of the road in the left, and her house is like five miles back the way. Oh, uh, yeah. I did that once, and then I was like, never again. I had just killed the legendary buck when I saved that woman, and she's like, oh, can you give me a lift? I'm like, yeah, but the buck's not getting off the horse, so see you later. <laughs> just <laughs> Start yeah. off it, lady. <laughs> uh, I take it we all took care of the KKK members? Yes. Um, now, Luke didn't do this, but Craig, did you stop and watch for a little while? <laughs> no. Okay, so you know. Uh, okay, so I imagine you two just went in and, and killed everybody. Dynamite uh-huh. as you should. limbs were flying. <laughs> <laughs> so if you stop and watch for a second, the guy being initiated, where he's got to light the cross, he holds the torch, he goes towards the cross, trips and falls into the cross, lights the cross on fire, lights his robe on fire, 
and it's just utter panic. Oh, no, At which point, I figured it would be good to be a neighbor and lasso him and drag him around the countryside. Nice. It was. I put the fire out. Ah, nice. Uh, but yeah, it's like, oh, there's a nice little humorous scene about something mm-hmm. that's god awful terrible. Good job, Rockstar. Other than that, I didn't find like there's the blind guy. What was the point of the blind guy's fortunes? I thought it was alluding to something in the first, but I don't remember the first enough. Mm, don't know. Don't know at all. Okay, because yeah, he got run down too. Uh. It kind of runs into the Final Fantasy 15 problem, where there are like five different encounters you can do, and they just kind of cycle. Yeah. Although, yeah. it's kind of cool that the way, if you were like horribly dirty or covered in blood, like people's reactions to you would be different in town like i did it kept it engaging to be like you, you weren't sure how people were going to treat you when you walked into town i never ran into that at all oh really i because i went hunting for days you know. and uh i came back oh like okay. absolutely had flies <laughs> flying around me and it was covered oh. in blood and just a big hairy mess and people were like sir you need a shower <laughs> <laughs> all right uh, is there anything else about the story we want to touch? Because we're coming up close to an hour, or actually over an hour. There's one of the most funny, not not funny, I don't know, it's, it's kind of like cliched, I suppose. But did you notice when you're off with John to plant dynamite, when you find the cart and you walk up behind it, you both go to light up oh, that a smoke. Freaking and then, cart! And then do a double take at the dynamite and just go, oh. And then kind of wander off. <laughs> yeah, smoking. that was great. <laughs> it's just really funny. Um, but the car- uh, speaking of that cart, mm-hmm. I died five times on that cart. Yeah, I could not. Me too. Get I that had to skip to it. Move. I had to skip it. I just couldn't get past that bit. The first, the the first time I got up on the cart and the train's coming, and then Arthur does the T pose and doesn't interact with anything. I'm like, oh no, oh no, what the heck? Uh, he cart. got plastic pretty good. Yeah, oh, I know. you have to time it to where you push the button yeah. while it's on its way down and let go of it. I couldn't get I made that it, thing to work for made the life. It first time. Well, you sir should work yeah. on the railroad. All, all those no, it's rhythm games in it. <laughs> it's nothing to do. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else? I think we've touched on most of the the big moments. The, the, yeah, the, I'm sure there's loads we've missed. There's loads. It's such a big game. I think it can't be under said i don't know how to properly articulate what i was trying to say there you can't underestimate how many good moments and tiny wee missions that just make you smile and make sense and have an epic cinematic thing there's like every bank robbery you go into there's that stressful bit where you're trying to break open a safe without dynamite because you want all the cash out of it don't be a hero (laughs) don't be a hero (laughs) and it just I, I, the story, the core story, those little yellow dots brought me, they are yellow, aren't they? <gasps> what? I just remembered something. What? Of why I don't like Sadie. Oh, why not? Because you remember when Mr. O'Driscoll was getting hunged? Mr. And... Oh, yeah, that was a great she went mission, mad. By the way. She went full loco. She went bonkers. Yeah. But it's kind of explained. I mean, she was raped by them and stuff, you know. Doesn't The man was dead. And you had complete <laughs> good cover. You don't blow cover. 
Look, so when I, I like form a gang, you mm-hmm. if any of you pull any of that nonsense, you're, you're out ski, all right? Yeah, I'm so sorry, you know, man. <laughs> that was the moment where I was like, I wouldn't trust her very much. But then she turns out to be okay. So, you know. Anyway, yeah, sorry. I just remembered why I didn't like her. Yeah. Anyway, things like that. They, they might not they might be jarring or they might you might not agree with it but there's a lot of different bits like that you just think oh this is actually pretty pucker the uncharted fullness of it is really shining yeah so i guess there's the loaded question guys mm-hmm. would you prefer this to be like red dead revolver and yes. just be yes linear yes like see if they just cut the open world completely and had loading screens between story missions or cutscenes absolutely not really happy with that yeah i think if the if the side stuff wasn't so bolted on and like didn't feel like it flowed with the game then i'd say no but part of me wishes that it was just a story mode and i didn't have to ride 10-15 minutes between missions and but i did appreciate my time with the side world so i don't know i don't know um uh, I I would prefer a linear game. Witcher Three, God of War, Spider Man. This is not. No. I would have yeah. much preferred a digestible story because I might have actually played it more than once. Like I really enjoyed the story here, uh-huh. but with that open world. Oh, that's a good way of wording it. Yeah. So, gentlemen, I believe we have comes to the ends of our trail. Anything left you want to say? No. I, th- I don't. Need, I, I think I've final thoughts myself out. The Uncharted kind of reference that I keep on pulling and the similarities to it. That's what I got from this game as being amazing. That's the bit that I would be like, you got to play Red Dead Two for the story. It's it's absolutely brilliant. It might be what different from what other people see. Other people might embrace the cowboy life and good fair play to anyone that wants to do that. But for me personally, that story kicked ass. Well, at least, you know, Arthur didn't have a brother four games in that appears out of nowhere. (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) Uh, Luke? I think once my expectations were set to a realistic level, I don't believe the hype. I really started to enjoy this game, and it became even more apparent as it got on, and with the story um there are bits of it i don't understand and i don't agree with but in the grand scheme of things i think the positives far outweigh the negatives even the control problems that we've all listed i think by the 20 30 hour mark of an 80 hour game they were almost gone You, you had control of your character um and i would i would suggest that people play this maybe dabble with the side stuff figure out if it's for you before investing a lot of time in it because the story is where the where the good stuff lies and you have to be in the right frame of mind or you have to accept that the side world of this the open worldness isn't your traditional one you know the the leveling up of mechanics or upgrading of your equipment doesn't do what traditional open world games does and it takes a while to get your head around that but i would recommend mm-hmm. to play it i mean that's the thing even with all of the guff that we spoke about in the first episode and even some of the negatives in this episode i was hard at it 
and want and like enjoying it and wanting to live it like those 30 or 40 hours in the first three days it came out because I knew I was going back to work on the Monday and I was like let's get this done I loved oh yeah I it. steamrolled this sucker it's too absolutely that that story is so gripping that it just keeps you going so whether you like yeah. the open world bit or not it doesn't really matter it's it's so it's so good alright so let's sum this up we have a game where the controls are terrible yes the UI is awful mm-hmm. the inventory system is terrible mm-hmm. the open world is barren mm-hmm. but the story is absolutely amazing like like these guys said I really enjoyed the story of this game I am a sucker for a good cowboy game but this went above and beyond what I thought for the story. Like, I honestly didn't know anything about this game when I started. I very much did, like, a media blackout kind of thing. And I was not disappointed by the story at all. The game, yes. The story, no. Like, I think we all kind of agree that it's worth putting up with all the myriad of things this game does wrong just to experience that story. Oh, yeah. So... You should go play it. Mm-hmm. Go just get out to, of here. Just to add one thing, you guys didn't like the side world, open world hunting aspect of it. I really, really, really enjoyed it. I spent maybe twenty to thirty hours just exploring, hunting. That's Stockholm syndrome. <laughs> yeah, it could be, could be. <laughs> but if you are um, interested in that sort of thing, you should try it out. Just because two out of three of us didn't. You know. All right, guys. So out of the open world games we've played, this is a little bit of extra flavor mm-hmm. on the parfait. Hmm. Are the open world games you've played recently, like maybe this year, where does this fall? One of the worst. As a whole package. You, you, you discount the story, yeah. Yeah, like Far Cry has the freedom to do what you want. Um, God oh, of War. The I know God of War is... Is God of War open world? It's, almost, it's like hubby. There's enough of open. It's open world in the sense of you can go anywhere yeah. at any time. There's, there's enough to explore, and it's but it's it like single central. paths to areas, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's weird. It's like open linearity. It, it's weird. I wouldn't consider that an open world game from what I've played of it. Well, I would because there's places you can go that you don't have to yeah. go. There's places you'll get only by exploring and backtracking and things like that. It it is it's kind of a hybrid. It mm-hmm. is weird. I'll give it that. Okay. But I was I was thinking as as you guys were talking. I I don't know where this sits compared to like Horizon. Oh, much prefer because like this, a lot of the problems we had with Horizon, uh-huh. we kind of have with this. I really yeah. liked Horizon. Remember? Yeah, you did, <laughs> weirdo. I didn't feel this way when I played Mafia 3. Like, I enjoyed a lot of my time with Mafia 3. And I enjoyed parts of Horizon, sort of. And I don't think it's us... Because I was worried, what if it's just us burning out on open-world games? Oh, that's definitely a thing, though. Yeah. You think so? Well, I I didn't enjoy the open-world of this game until, like, because I was expecting it to follow the rule set of every other open world game, you will come to an area, you will be able to upgrade 
parts of your inventory or your 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 mechanics to allow you to do things better or more economically this doesn't follow that trend but once i came to understand and accept that i then started having fun with the open world it just took a while to get over yeah, that but on a side note neither did breath of the wild and that open world was phenomenal yeah yeah i totally agree i in relation to your first question i totally think this is a weak open world game and there was no need for it to be open world i did however enjoy my time with it once i got into it do you guys think we'd feel the same way about red dead one if we went back and played it i bet it's not aged well i'm wondering that well so i i watched a video today in preparation for this and people were complaining that the the hunting system in red dead redemption 2 is awful because in red dead redemption 1 you just find an animal you shot it you skinned it you took it back and it went into your horse there was none of this you can only carry one animal car carcass. You've got to find an animal with the perfect pelt. You've got to shoot it with the right weapon and the right ammo. Oh yeah, that I can I can I can accept as nods to realism. Like okay, that's okay. It it's finicky and a pain in the butt and everything else. But I don't remember doing feeling as um, apathetic towards upgrades in Red Dead One either. But that was a long time ago. It's this total argument of realism versus fun. You know, yeah, it's cool you can make the game so realistic, but is it actually fun for the people playing it? Ask people who play Kingdom Come Deliverance. (laughs) (laughs) You'll get a very split opinion on that. I I guess, I guess, it's what you focus the realism on, I guess, would be the best way to put it. Because realism focused on some things is fun. Realism focused on other things is just tedious. Yeah, I'd agree with that. But yeah, I I think this is uh, taking it as a grand whole. And we're going to talk about this more on the Game of the Year episode, which, oh my gosh, this year has been fantastic. (laughs) Um, I, I think this falls pretty low in terms of even if you just put it in the open world category. And I'm sure it will be brought up. A couple of times. Yep. Yep. So, uh, guys, let's 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 um, let's leave a little teaser. What, what would be a good teaser for open world? No, open, oh my gosh, I keep saying open stop world. Stop saying open world. For sorry, you stop saying uncharted. I'll stop saying oh, open world. Yeah. For for our game of the year to, to entice people to listen. Uh, it's God of War. Is that too much? Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. No, no, no. I don't think that's too much, but I'm playing something that uh, might top it. I've, I've played about four things that have beat God of War. Star um, Wars Battlefront 2. I haven't. Pl- I've, got it, I've got it to bring back to you. Um, Did I don't you not play it? Gonna... Are all of us going to... No. S- Fortnite? No. Is it going to be Fortnite for no. everybody? Uh, PUBG? I'm getting it right. Let's finish this off. <laughs> yeah, all right. Let's get out of here. All right. So thank you very much for listening. I won't tell you all the contact information because you shouldn't listen to part one without part two. And frankly, I'm tired. So, you know what? 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 We'll put it in the comments. Don't argue with me in front of company, Luke. All right. So, thank you very much for listening. Look forward to our game of the year talk, which will probably be like four hours long because we're all just nerdy. So, gentlemen, say goodnight. Goodnight, gentlemen. Goodnight. And three, two, one.
Yeah, 